0: following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.
1: Tuesdays on the huge show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Book and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows. Find out about the promotions and the giveaways. Go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan.
0: Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan?
1: What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Life is good when the Lions win. That next day is a beautiful thing, man. I don't care if it's in the 30s. I don't care if there's snowflakes. I don't care if I couldn't feel my toes walking to work. That's not quite walking to work. That would be two blocks for the parking lot. Lions made us all nervous. I was sitting there with John Mohawk and Bill Giroux, and thanks to everyone who showed up at the Dirty Shame Bar and Grill, a five-star dive bar in Ada on Fulton, just east of Grand Rapids. Had a great crowd into it. Lions had three offensive linemen out. Golf had happy feet early. They're trying to run Gibbs too much between the tackles, and they figured it out. Defense, though, was solid start to finish, which really gave the offense a chance to get comfortable. And, man, did they get comfortable. Jameer Gibbs delivered one of the best performances we've seen from a running back in a Lions uniform. And he's only a rookie. It was Barry-esque. The only thing that I would... Stop and pause for a minute or a minute when I look at this 6 and 2 team and they're into the bye week. Is can they just stay healthy? That's it. I mean, you look at Kirk Cousins now. Late reports have Joshua Dobbs from Arizona to Minnesota, Cardinals with the deal. So he'll become their QB. He's not bad. He's been around the NFL forever. Chase Young according to reports at CBS sports traded from Washington to the Niners. That's not good news for the lions or NFC teams that will be battling the Niners for home field advantage. Lions are only a game out behind the Eagles tied with the Seahawks for NFC home field advantage. And they have the easiest schedule out of any of the contenders. And that would be Eagles, Cowboys, Seahawks and Niners. Montez Sweat, kind of a surprise. The Bears made a deal for him. So those are some of the name trades. I'm not going to go through every trade. Lions have been quiet, and I think at 6-2. and two, And you played through injuries? I, I don't think the Lions are are going to do anything and give up any draft capital. And you have a culture where you're going to bring somebody in. Things are good. Uh, You've you played through the injuries. A ton of injuries. And this goes back to what I said all summer long about the Lions and their depth. Jeff Risden, by the way, from Lions Wire, Draft DraftWire. He'll join us in studio coming up later. Spend about an hour and 20 minutes with me. Also, John Beeline, the first installment of my Conversations with Coach, presented by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. We'll talk about the Pistons. He worked with them the last couple of years, and especially that nucleus of young guys, Killian Hayes, Ivy, Cade, and Duran. John also will be on the Big Ten Network. We'll get his early thoughts on Michigan, Michigan State, and also on building a culture. Speaking of cultures, TheWolverine.com, they have a great crew. Chris Ballas sent out a story this morning that, and this was kind of a surprise considering everything you read on Twitter, that Michigan is close to a new contract with Jim Harbaugh. So that makes you think, well, if they're close to a new contract, didn't they just have all these reports that it was rescinded less than two days ago? In that school lawyers would look at everything that's been reported. The school has to have some evidence. Courtesy of the NCAA, if all these college football insiders can get these leaks, the school and their legal team have to have some evidence. And I think if Harbaugh signs a new contract, it's a sign that the NCAA doesn't have squat on Harbaugh. Connor Stallions may be a different story. And then the CMU photo going on that Connor Stallions was at the CMU Michigan game in a disguise. Oh, my God. Yesterday, it was the ball boys. It's Twitter. Do you know you can Photoshop anything? So let me get this straight. Yesterday it was Michigan ball boys were signaling to the Michigan sidelines that one Big 10 team told Pat Forty from Yahoo. Yeah, up your yeah, Yahoo. And today it's a story of, oh, there's a secret. Connor Stallions, he's Black Ops. He snuck onto the sideline. What with a costume that he got at Meyer? Hey, how much for the how to be a CMU coach costume? $4.99. We only have mediums left. I'll take it. So every day you get this garbage coming out, yet from his sources inside the University of Michigan, Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com says that they're close to a deal. And what I say yesterday, and I'll say it again today, I have seen no evidence implicating anybody and guys like Pete Thamel from ESPN who I read his story yesterday said evidence was presented by you and your sources then no you didn't present evidence you said there was evidence while you're leaking the information and unnamed sources which are other Big Ten schools or the NCAA then show the evidence oh now it's look hold on that's Connor Stallions. He looks just like a CMU coach. Oh, he shaved his head. He's got a fake mustache on. Netflix presents Connor Stallions. Is that the Joe Biden press conference? Is that Connor Stallions as vice president? And Superfly and Tim Fagan, who heads up iHeart West Michigan, I'm telling them about this story that Hardball may sign a contract. And Tim Fagan says contracts don't matter. Just ask Mel Tucker. And then Superfly looks at Tim Fagan and says, you a Spottin' fan? He goes, yeah, 1980 graduate. And they hugged. And I'm sitting here ready to barf up my pizza. That we had for lunch. And I try and get a word in edgewise, which usually is a slam dunk done deal. But no, on one side is Sparty Fagin, On the other side is Superfly Sparty. And I feel like a kid who's convinced my dad didn't leave my mother. He didn't. He's, he's not leaving. So he had three college cheerleaders in his bedroom. My dad was a cheerleading coach. He's not leaving, Mom. Mom's not leaving him. No. People are like, do you have some traumatic 10-year-old <laughs> experience? And I'm telling them, I'm looking at Tim Fagan, where and then this is where I said, you guys got to go. So I'm, I'm preparing for the show. And all of a sudden, Tim Fagan goes, go green. And Superfly goes, go white. And Tim Fagan goes, go green. Go white. And then I looked at him. I said, hey, any guys get any FaceTimes from Mel Tucker lately? maybe around 1230 at night with screen cleaner. They got quiet. They left. But Superfly has this arrogance when he talks about this situation like Harbaugh is done. And then Tim Fagan. <laughs> Goes, uh, you want to know my choice? I go. Let me guess. Urban Meyer goes. Heck yeah! I'll take Urban Meyer right now. All of a sudden, Tim Fagan became like Howard Dean at an Iowa political rally. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take him. No NFL team wants him. I'll take him right now. And I go, Tim. Urban Meyer has no talent. He's not coming to East Lansing. He has talent. Fifteen million a year will get him to come. I'm like, Tim, why are you raising your voice? Because we need Urban Meyer. We need Urban. Tim looks at Superfly and says, I signed off the deed on my house to the Spartan Fund to help get Urban to East Lansing. I go to Tim, where are you and your lovely wife going to live? Says, we got an RV. I go, really? You're willing to live homeless for Urban Meyer as head coach of Michigan State? He said, yes, I am. He goes, I'm actually going to live in the RV right out in front of 961. the game in Grand Rapids, and we'll do sales meetings in the RV in the morning. People walk up, knock on the door, 915, who is it? Oh, Kelly, Kim, you there? Kate, let's do a meeting. Don't mind the smell of propane. There's no chance of it blowing up. This RV has been in mint shape since 1979. My buddy Mark Rasmussen and his wife Cindy, diehard Spartan fans. Sam Rasmussen, bless his heart, he goes to Michigan State. They all want Urban Meyer. And then Jim Comperoni even had a story, which I shared, about Urban Meyer that the money's there. He's not taking the Michigan State job. Here's what I think he's doing. I think he's jabbing at Michigan right now, like he does on that Fox show, and he's jabbing at them. So you know what? You know what Michigan's doing? I don't know if I can correlate it, but when the news comes out that the Urban Meyer thing could be closer, they know they don't want to lose Harbaugh and start over. Because then through all of this with Mel Tucker, think about this, if Michigan State got Urban Meyer, through all of this, even with Michigan, back-to-back Big Ten champions, beating Ohio State twice, number two in the country right now, and the college football playoff rankings tonight, they should be right there in the top four. That if you're going to lose Harbaugh and you have Urban Meyer, Michigan State, their fans, the school, the boosters, would all feel they have the upper hand on Michigan. Think about that. Where they were just a month ago with Captain FaceTime. That's why the Michigan State fan wants Urban Meyer. That's why you gave Mel Tucker $95 million because you thought Hardball and Michigan were on the ropes. And you paid big because you didn't want Tucker leaving for LSU, which eventually went to Brian Kelly. So Michigan... I don't think it's any coincidence. There is a story now to Chris Ballas who has the greatest sources connected to Michigan of anybody on this planet that they're close to a deal. Fine. Michigan state bring urban Meyer on. We have the number two team in the country. We have back-to-back big 10 trophies, back-to-back college football playoff appearances. Our name will be in that top four tonight in the first college football playoff rankings. You hire Urban Meyer, because you don't have squat for talent in East Lansing when it comes to football. That is the reality. And I believe when you sit back, and I talked about it yesterday, that this pendulum was swinging because no evidence was being put out. All these leaks to all these Michigan haters. These leaks possibly connected to a investigation firm that has the brother of Ryan Day. That if Ohio State or anyone connected to that school instigated an investigation to obtain electronics from another school, it makes showing up for illegal scouting like a jaywalking ticket. And all these leaks, maybe their lawyers at Michigan finally are getting some footballs and saying, well, wait a minute, where'd all these leaks come from? What about this investigation with Michigan computer drives? How'd you get that? Could it be that they know Ryan Day's brother possibly is connected to this? Oh my God, Connor Stallions will look like the Dalai Lama. This is all about Michigan State and Ohio State fans, Twitter, and writers who are biased against Michigan, who hate on them. Ball boys. All of a sudden, Connor Stallions now is a man of a thousand disguises. Connor's going to have his own Netflix series. Who are you today? I'm Urban Meyer. And I've told Michigan State I'm coming. But little do they know, it's not the real Urban Meyer, it's me stallions. Oh. It was refreshing to watch the Lions do things that normally don't happen with them where they look like they're in trouble and they find a way through the depth they have to battle through injuries, to not have three offensive linemen, to not have Montgomery, and they go to the bye at 6-2 and in the hunt for NFC home field advantage. And Josh Dobbs will be okay For the Vikings, but minus Kirk Cousins, the Lions are in the driver's seat to put the NFC North away in the next month, the next four games. So that would be five weeks with the bye week. Chris Ballas from Wolverine.com will join us in our next segment. Jeff Risden, Lions Wire, Draft Wire. One of our Lions NFL insiders, he'll join me in studio. John Beeline, my conversations with Coach. Weekly segments through the NBA Finals with the former Michigan head coach now doing commentary for the Big Ten Network. Conversations with Coach Beeline coming up later in the show. You want to join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Your thoughts on the Lions win last night, 1-866-838-4843. That's one eight six six eight three eight. huge Add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000.
0: From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is HUGE.
1: They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, Talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, b-e-n-e-g-a-r-t-r.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon-to-be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter.
3: Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. A day that is unmistakably yours, at the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort.
1: More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at roastumber.com.
0: You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. NFL trade deadline coming up. So far, the deals are Chase Young from Washington to the Niners. Montez Sweat from Washington to the Bears. Josh Dobbs. Vikings get a quarterback from the Cardinals to the Vikings. I mean, he's been, for the most part, a perennial backup. We're now getting word that The Lions have acquired former Michigan wide receiver Donovan Peoples Jones from the Browns. So DPJ will join Amon Ra St. Brown, Jameson Williams, Josh Reynolds, and Khalif Raymond. The Lions are sending Cleveland a 2025 six round pick, and he is a pretty good returner with Raymond, but it's another athlete. I mentioned Chase Young. Uh, traded. So, Donovan Peoples Jones to the Lions. That's great depth. That's a wide receiver. Donovan also is a former Wolverine. And from the Wolverine.com, we welcome in Chris Ballas, the Michigan Insider. Had that breaking story this morning that Michigan's reportedly close to a new contract with Harbaugh, which is shocking based on everything we've heard the last four days. Uh, Chris, what is the latest with that Harbaugh deal?
4: Yeah, well, there was a report from the Wall Street Journal that Michigan had rescinded the contract, and as we told you, I think last week, uh, they had put it on hold, right, while they investigated some stuff, and while they heard from the NCAA, they met with the NCAA last week, as we reported, and they got debriefed on everything that the NCAA was talking about, and uh, had their own meeting on Sunday morning, the administration, and so in the athletic department, the president, and everybody else, and about how to proceed. And uh, you know, there were all those rumors out there that oh, this is Ohio State fans. Oh, this is about Jim Harbaugh resigning and everything else. And you know, this is a great day for Ohio State. When in reality, they were talking about how to proceed with a new with a contract extension and whether they should uh, take it off hold and proceed with it. And pretty much the consensus was yes, they should. Now. This Connor Stallion stuff, which gets weirder and weirder, right? Uh, you know, the allegedly being on the sidelines at Central Michigan against Michigan State. Uh, there was some consternation about it last night, and they had to wait for Ward Manuel, as our understanding, to get back from um, the College Football Playoff Committee meetings and uh, into town on Tuesday before they proceeded. But they all got on the same page and agreed that yes, we are going to continue. And the, and, uh, it, and the meeting ended with, with President Santa Ono saying, let's get him signed and let's do it. Let's get this done uh, and sign into an extension. Now, there will be provisions in that contract, of course, saying, hey, if there's any other stuff that comes up with the NCAA or whatever, then we're going to have to deal with that. And maybe that you know makes it null and void or whatever. But 100 uh, percent, they were all on the same page. And we understand it was seven to nothing with the regents uh, in, in saying that they should proceed with the contract negotiations, which have had really gone on for quite a while uh, and had made a lot of headway last week before this whole thing broke. So um, that's where we are today. Now we need to see what happens, and if anything else comes out with the uh, Counter-Stallion stuff, if anything else is released from anywhere else and, uh, and how that affects anything. But uh, as soon as possible is what everybody in the administration at Michigan agrees upon. Uh, they want that to happen, and uh, then we'll see where it goes.
1: So where where is it going right now from your sources there in Ann Arbor and connected to the University of Michigan based on what has been out there uh, from these so-called journalists, from anything connected to Connor Stallions disguising himself as a CMU coach on the sidelines to Michigan ball boys with a vast network of communication of plays. I'm, I'm telling you, it's beyond ridiculous. And I really think this is helping Harbaugh's case – showing that there's nothing there. And then you mix in the border region seven to zip behind Harbaugh. So the portrayal of what we're seeing publicly doesn't, and it's a serious situation with Connor Stallions. I get that. And you have the Matt Weiss investigation and you still have the fiasco over the cheeseburger and, you know, Harbaugh saying he doesn't remember and NCAA holding ground that he misled them. So the question is, uh, is Harbaugh, in jeopardy of losing his job?
4: No. If they're talking about extending him immediately right now, right. that's then my no. point. And- yeah and now the problem is is we are still what in the second or third inning of this investigation so what happens tomorrow or the next day can affect it what's uh, can, can throw everything on its head right and you look at uh, for example and i'm just going to go back to the fab five investigation because it's something i know and you're watching the newspapers and you're saying okay well you know this is bad but it's not terrible and if that's the worst of it and then two weeks later something else comes out and you're like okay this is pretty bad if that's the worst of it then you know maybe they'll get off with this and then boom, the bomb drops, right? So you don't know what's out there, especially when the FBI is involved and which they were with Matt Weiss's computer. We're not saying the FBI is involved in this case overall, but when they're digging around different computers and stuff like that, then any secrets that you have are going to get out there. And uh, that's just the way it is. And especially too, when you hire a private investigator firm, as somebody did, and of course, everybody thinks Ohio State was behind that, then uh, those guys know people and and they're going to be digging for information. And some of the information that was leaking in initially came out month a month ago from Ohio State sources about what was going down at Michigan and how bad it was going to look and they were right on. So it certainly makes sense that this originated with Ohio State, uh, even though I don't think there's any evidence of that yet. I know people are digging for it. So that's going to be another fascinating angle of this story. Another angle is, you know, with this counter-stallions on the sideline stuff, um, Central Michigan is going to be culpable too, right? And, and in what, if, if they point the finger at Michigan and say, hey, Michigan arranged this, or, or how's that going to play out and and how would that affect Jim Harbaugh's future at Michigan if hypothetically a a coach, a Michigan coach was to have sent him over there or something like that or or been involved in doing that which we don't think is the case but there are still so many questions here that need to be answered and I can't tell you how many people we've spoken with and, and how fascinating this is. This will be a 30 for 30 someday Bill. There's no question in my mind. We've even had people talking about writing screenplays about this because there's still stuff not directly related to the case, but things that we've learned that would just absolutely blow your mind. So um, it's it's certainly not over by a long shot. Just because they are back on the table, just because the contract is back on the table today does not mean this thing is over, not by a long shot.
1: So has it been confirmed it was Connor Stallions on the sidelines? Because all these photos and a mustache or no hair here and everything. <laughs> Again, nothing's been confirmed. I haven't seen any credible nope. outlets reported, and it's more or less just Twitter Plotter right now has it been confirmed that was connor stallions on the sidelines
4: no i have not seen anybody confirm it yet uh there is a lot of smoke uh about it and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens
1: wow uh, any confirmation that the michigan ball boys were brought in from <laughs> mit no. to uh, decipher <laughs> opponents play calls None of that crap. No, mm. and uh,
4: so that yeah, and you know what? That's um, again, I don't even know that that's illegal. Not that they would do it, and I don't think that Michigan was doing it. But you know, in terms of st- sign stealing on a game day. Uh, you know i don 't see anything um in the in the bylaws or anything like that that you can't do that and and let's be let 's not be naive here about the sign ceiling stealing stuff to me that's you know what it is what it is and uh, and to say everybody's doing it uh not to the extent that Michigan did it, and in no way shape, or form am I saying that that's something that Michigan should have done Connor stallions i'm sorry should have done um you know you know they're alleging people are alleging obviously that maybe Michigan knew and Michigan coaches knew about it but um, we have seen no evidence of that yet. So, um, you know what? So, yeah, to that extent that he took it, no. Uh, that's a, that's a completely separate issue. So, And I'm not naive enough to believe, as we talked before, that this couldn't get much worse for Michigan. Uh, I certainly think that we are still early on. But the NCAA was here last week and has, hasn't even offered a notice of allegations yet or a notice of an investigation. So, um, that's how early they are in this thing. So, you're hoping if you're Michigan fan, first of all, that this doesn't affect the season. It doesn't appear that it's going to, especially if Michigan, as of now, is moving forward with the Harbaugh contract, but again, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring in deals like this, Bill.
1: Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us. So, Chris, is there anything that you've seen or been told that is damning evidence that connects Harbaugh or any assistant coaches beyond Connor Stallion's acting As a lone wolf
4: no uh, nope and in fact the washington post article uh, said as much that jim harbaugh you know was not apparently in the know based on any evidence that the ncaa had received and that is probably one of the reasons that the mid uh, that the michigan administration has said okay let's go ahead and and continue with this uh, contract for harbaugh which could be done in as soon as a week if if again if everything goes according to plan and, and no more scandalous stuff comes out and so um that is that is one of the saving graces, and uh, I don't think there has been anything linking assistant coaches right now to Connor Stallions as well, and if you're looking at some of the stuff that he's done and reading some of the stuff about him, man, it just gets weirder every day, right? And it looks like a guy that, okay, uh, is dressing up allegedly, according to some things on on Twitter and everything else, allegedly on the sidelines of Central Michigan, and um, it's just absolutely bizarre. I I really have never seen anything like it uh, in sports, and I think a lot of people, a lot of my colleagues Colleagues are are in the same boat, so um, so that's as of right now, and uh, let's see where this thing goes is what I continue to say to the people on my message boards and on you know on Twitter when on the rare occasion that I get into, into that cesspool. I don't think this is over by a long shot, but uh, I think the next step it, it would be a positive step for Michigan fans is to see that Jim Harbaugh was signed to an extension, and that is certainly back on the table now, 100 uh, percent moving forward uh, as of today, as of this morning after a meeting.
1: So the question I was going to ask you prior to putting you on air, will Harbaugh be back next year unless there's Mm -hmm. damning evidence that shows he was a part of this with Connor Stallions, he may get a suspension because NCAA rules say if someone on your staff underneath you uh, does something that violates NCAA bylaws and rules, the head coach also must be held accountable. I, I think that Uh, would be the only way he would miss any games unless he just decides I've had enough of this and he leaves on his own accord at the end of this season.
4: Yeah, and would that surprise anybody? Uh, I don't think that would surprise anybody. This is a coordinated effort, obviously, to uh, by probably by a rival, if we're being honest, um, to to get Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan and and to make Ryan Day feel better about two two losses to to Michigan and, and blow out fashion. And you know, the funny part is everybody keeps pointing back to last year's game and oh, if they had the signs. Well, their, their coaches have come out in on articles on Yahoo and said, no, we knew that and we knew that uh, they were stealing signed so we changed everything up they don't have any excuses for that uh they got their butts kicked at home and um so it's uh you know it's just one of those things man where um again we have to see who comes calling for jim harbaugh what happens next in this whole saga uh, it's certainly not something we want to be covering or talking about it's a 24-7 endeavor and it's uh and it sucks flat out so uh we would rather be talking about this unbelievable football team that's got a great chance to win a national championship
1: Speaking of the team and nationally, from the coaches' polls to anything connected to rankings, I've seen no one penalize Michigan for the allegations. Uh, You have the college football playoff rankings, first one of the year uh, tonight. Uh, I would think Michigan should be in the top four. I know their strength of schedule could come uh, into question. Your thoughts on what you expect from the first college football playoff rankings connected to the Wolverines?
4: Yeah, I definitely think they'll be in the top, probably in the top two, maybe three. And uh, and nor should anybody be, be be judging Michigan or anybody else on allegations, right? Uh, innocent until pro- proven guilty type of thing. Even if there is there are um, allegations out there, it's, it's something that uh, that has to play out and, and run its due course. So and uh, and that's going to happen. Uh, you know, it, you know. Hopefully, it's not one of these things that drags on. And uh, you know, you look at the Kansas case, for example, with Bill Sell and it dragged on for six years and the dude got off with a slap on the wrist. Who knows if the NCAA will be here in three years, right? But for all that, what I've heard about the expediting of the NCAA, you know, boy, they never moved this fast. Again, no notice of allegations yet, no notice of investigations. So this is something that, um, you know, they're in the early stages here. They interviewed some Michigan administrators last week. They were going to interview some staffers. I guess some of them left town uh, to go recruiting. Uh, but that was the plan, and I think there were conflicting reports as to whether or not they actually recruited any coaches in the building, I think the AP said they did, and others said they didn't. But we do know that as of that that morning when they were in town, that was what their plan was. So, um, but yeah, Bill, it's uh, you know it's one of those things where um, you hope. You hope they get through the season. You hope that they use it as, as fuel if you're a Michigan fan and as a catalyst to destroy everybody on their schedule and make a point here that, hey, we don't need signs to kick your butt, just like they did with Michigan State. When Michigan State uh, knew about it, they changed things up. They were calling the, the plays with the quarterback on the sidelines. They had no excuses for a 49 nothing beaten, and they want to make sure that everybody else on the schedule knows, too, there are no excuses if they beat them as well.
1: His name? Is Chris Bowles from the com. Yeah, because this signing of the contract is a smart move by Michigan to really quell the speculation on Twitter. It really is because it throws yeah. it throws a wrench in it. I'm not saying it's a it's a plan of deceit, but uh, I think it is. For what I've said has been not too many public votes of confidence for Harbaugh. At least this one seems to be.
4: Right. Yeah, and they're united in it right now. Now there are some people who are wary, and I think rightfully so. Right, um, given what we found out about this and uh, that, okay, well, let's see what comes out. I'm one of those people, right? I am one of those guys, and I've been telling everybody, you need to wait and see. Everybody's taking victory laps. Well, the contract's coming, and Jim's going to sign a contract, and he's going to be here for 10 more years. Uh, Ideally, yeah, that's what happens. But in situations like these, uh, when the NCAA is involved, you just don't know, and you need to see what comes next and what else is out there, especially when you have private investigative firms uh, sniffing around in the FBI, sniffing around your building, even if it's for other reasons. So I'm in wait and see mode, Bill, and uh, and I think other people are too. And I don't think that's completely unfair.
1: And private investigation firms that may, and I stress the word may, <laughs> be connected to the family of Ryan Day, which adds even more drama uh, right. to the Netflix screenplay for Connor. <laughs> it's
4: nuts. Bill, I, I got to tell you, when we have a beer someday soon, uh, you know what? Uh, all this stuff—it's just absolutely nuts. Things that involve Michigan, things that don't. Uh, this is clandestine crap that is just—that uh, would just absolutely blow your
5: mind.
1: My man, uh, it is crazy, and I, I almost laugh at the ball boy accusations. And even I look at the the photos, and again with photoshopping and everything out there—it's Twitter. What do you believe, Chris? I do believe you. You can follow the story of Contract uh, Talks with Harbaugh at TheWolverine.com. Chris Ballas checking in on the Roast Humber Coffee guest line. My man, thanks for the update. Anytime. Thanks, Bill. All right, Chris Ballas with the truth from Ann Arbor. To the callers online, stick around. Michigan will hear you next.
0: Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net.
1: It is time once again to go inside the leadership locker room with Greg Harris, uh, who joins us here on the huge show across Michigan. And everybody has a game plan in sports, right? You're breaking down the team before you play. Manager is sitting on the bench or the coach in a baseball game, and they all have a plan on how to maximize their efforts. And that comes into play, especially in sales. In sales, yeah. Bill, it's great to be on your show. Thanks for... uh... Uh, Getting me on and your amazing audience, but uh, one of my keynotes I really enjoy is very popular. is called More At Bats and Better Pitches. Sales organizations are looking for more opportunities. Sales opportunities for their salespeople, and my keynote really lays down a lot of rules, a lot of opportunities on how to get more at bats and better pitches. Because we have limited time, a salesperson has 24 hours to prospect. So I think the more at bats, better pitches. One of our challenges
3: is being a commodity. They put you in that bucket. You don't want to be compared to someone else. You want to stand out and be differentiating. So I give them play by play on how
1: to do that. Yeah, play by play, have more pitches, right? Everything comes into play. Inside the Leadership Locker Room, if you're interested in Greg uh, helping your business, MaximizeLeadership.com. He'll stop out and talk to your business, MaximizeLeadership.com. And also Sage Advice is his book. Uh, You can find it at MaximizeLeadership.com and also wherever uh, you download books. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to TheUrbanU.com to find out more. That's the urbanu.com.
0: You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: We are back live across Michigan Tuesday. Broadcast with Superfly Hayes as our executive producer. Right before the trade deadline, Lions did deal for Donovan People jones from Cleveland. He didn't have a lot of catches this year, but last year had a pretty good year, almost 900 catches. He has a big average per catch, which means he'll be a down-the-field threat, I think, in the Lions' offense. So the former Wolverine comes back home. It's a good pickup. Again, I just can't say enough about it. Brad Holmes and everything he does. Uh, Some of the other deals that are coming in, 49ers surprised a lot of people. They traded for Chase Young uh, with Bosa. With that defense, they got stronger. So Chase Young will go to San Francisco uh, to try and strengthen a Niners team that's semi-reeling right now. Uh, Josh Dobbs will be the new quarterback replacing Cousins in Minneapolis. Vikings and Cardinals. Uh, did a pre-trade deadline deal there, so I—he'll be serviceable. He's a—he's a veteran. Uh, Green Bay agreed to trade defensive back uh, Rasul Douglas to the Bills. Lines didn't have to give up a lot. I think they gave up like a six-round pick to get uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, Jalen Johnson expected to. Stay in Chicago. Yeah, it was a six-round pick in 2025. So these are some of the stories uh, coming down. Vikings got a six-round for Senate Guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jags. So not a busy afternoon. So there you go. There was some talk that the Vikings might try and deal for Mac Jones from... The Patriots, but he's going to stay put. So uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, that is a great pickup for the Lions. Depth they needed. And they didn't give up a lot, 2025 six-rounder. And maybe he'll be the guy because they want to stretch the field. And Jameson was better this week. But another athlete with Raymond St. Brown, I you kidding me? With Gibbs who can catch out of the backfield, Laporta, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I love it, DPJ coming home. Uh, We'll have Jeff Risden in studio. We'll talk Lions, the game last night against the Raiders. Uh, We'll look ahead to the bye week. Uh, How healthy will the Lions be when they come back November 12th against the Chargers? Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and Draft Wire in studio for the next 90 minutes. Also, John Beeline, my first conversation with Coach presented by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Uh, will happen. We'll talk Pistons and the Big Ten. 24-7 everything you need with this show is free at thehugeshow.net Big Bad Huge
0: The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network
1: Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update And buy tickets to all the great indoor shows. Find out about the promotions and the giveaways. Go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. What's up, Michigan? It is hour number two on a Tuesday broadcast being heard on 19 radio stations. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Happy Halloween to everybody who's going to sit on your porch in your driveway. The kids will roll up. You'll have your little Yeti glass full of non-alcoholic beverages. Passing out mini candy bars because you realized it'd be a buck a pop. And if you live in a big neighborhood, you're not spending $200 tonight on little Johnny in a ghost costume. Boo, boo. No, here's your little mini Kit Kat. Keep rolling. Okay? Jeff Risden by the way, from the Lions Wire, Draft Wire, part of the USA Today Network, one of our Lions NFL insiders. He'll join us in studio. Over the next 90 minutes, we'll talk about the Lions. It wasn't pretty at all. They should have won that game 42-14, but at the end of the day, 26-14 victory over the Raiders, who just aren't a good football team. And the Lions at the bye week are 6-2, and, and they're right there as I posted. at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook. They're in the hunt for home-field advantage In the NFC, and you see what that crowd did last night, Jeff. That they gave them life. Lions were flat in the first half. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Golf, some happy feet. You know, I just I didn't have a good vibe. And then they got it together, and they got it going. And Jameer Gibbs delivered one of the best performances we've seen from a Lions running back since Barry. First,
7: he was the first rookie running back to get 150 yards rushing and 30 yards receiving in a game since Barry did in 1989 and remember Barry Barry was phenomenal he wasn't known for his pass catching skills so the fact that that he did that is Gibbs was phenomenal last night and you're, I'm glad you brought up the fans because they did matter last night you could tell that they needed something and the fans did not quit on them They they kept it loud they kept it Kept putting the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, who doesn't handle pressure well. He never has. It was it was fun to watch the fans stay engaged, even though the team was struggling a little bit. And that's something that, you know, we talk about this a lot, Bill. We're As fans of the Lions, we're not used to rooting for a good team, to a legitimate contender. And we've got one now. And there's a shift that we have to make in the way that we are fans of the team. And the way you and I cover the team. It's different, and I think last night was a very good transition point for that because the Lions were clearly the better team. They absolutely dominated the game, but they didn't dominate on the scoreboard, and I think most fans are like, okay, yeah, it's great that we won, but it would have been a little bit better if we played a little better. You cut out the mistakes. Cut Can we please block Max Crosby? Like what? And that was one of the things in the first half, They and, and a good friend of mine tied him up. They had four offensive plays where they deliberately did not block Max, like literally the only guy on their defense that scares you at all. And Ben Johnson's like, yeah, we're going to not block that guy and see what happens. And it didn't go well. So it wasn't a great game from Ben Johnson. It wasn't Jared Goff's best game, but I think he did play very well um, outside of the, the pick six. Yeah, it, it's one of those, you know, it was funny as I was walking into the studio with Brett. So we should have won that game 50 to 7. The fact that it was 26 to 14 is disappointing but at the same time like they didn't blow it. You know, and we've seen other teams blow it. They didn't go chargering to, to bring up our next opponent. Like they find ways to lose. is an actual verb now. Like the Lions didn't do that. Like they they didn't have their best offensive game, but I tell you what, that defense the way they gave up one third down conversion Under 150 yards of offense, if you if you count the sacks and the penalty, like that's that's complete domination at home
1: on Monday night. Like that's that's exactly what you wanted to see, and we got it. I I go back to I didn't like the play calling at Baltimore, and I didn't like the play calling in the first half. And I'm like, it didn't look aggressive enough. It was predictable. You're running Jameer, trying to run him like he's Montgomery. And finally, Johnson, and let's remember, he's still, he's still young in terms of offensive coordinator years on the job. It's a second year on the job. Exactly. It would be less <laughs> than two years. That's my point. Yeah. And, and then they got it going. And, and what they're doing now, through injuries, through a bad quarter, a half, a pick six, they're not doing the typical Lions things that we've watched for decades. They're coming back, taking care of business. And finding a way to get it done. And it really echoes when you hear Dan Campbell in his post game speeches. He's just treating them like men, it's business. And the Lions are six and two right now. And I don't think they've played great football every game, but they found a way to win. I keep going back to that phrase.
7: That's what good teams do, right? They exactly. find ways to win instead of ways to lose. And, you know, last night again, they, Ben Johnson didn't have his A game. The offense, you know, playing with backups, backup guards, both of them. Um, one of them was the backup to the backup to the backup because the regular backup is playing center because your center is out. Like the, the the ability to run the ball and the willingness to try to, to run the ball with your starting center, pro bowler Frank Ragnall, out. Jonah Jackson, pro bowl left guard, out. Glasgow normally plays for him. He couldn't because he was at center. They brought up Colby Sorsdal, the the rookie fifth rounder from William and Mary, played tackle in college, played right tackle, started at right guard last night, first career start, first time he's ever played guard in the NFL. He, he, he got spot duty as a tackle earlier this year. He was good. Like, he wasn't great. He was good enough. Like that's that's not something that most teams can do to bring in a left left guard Coyote Alshika. Gets hurt. They bring in Dan Skipper. First play, Dan Skipper's in the game. Jameer Gibbs scores a touchdown. Like, that's
1: that, that, that's finding ways to win. I love it. And Gibbs is a superstar in the making. You know, for everybody who was piling on him as a bust, you turn your attention to J-Mo. And, <coughs> you know, Goff did have, if you watch the replay, there was a touchdown to J-Mo where he separated by about five or six yards up the seam. So as much as you want to get on J-Mo, and I understand that people want want a touchdown from him. They want a deep throw. I'm sitting with a bunch of people (laughs) at the Dirty Shame. Every time J-Mo's in the game, this is the Lions fans right now, and maybe even me. Oh, they need to go deep. It's it's like you're playing Madden, right? You got to go deep. You got to go deep. He's in the game. He's one-on-one coverage. Throw it deep. Oh, golf can't throw deep. That's why he's not doing it. Golf can't throw deep. Oh, golf doesn't <laughs> trust him. Golf doesn't trust him. That's why he, wide open. Look at him in the seam for a touchdown. Golf doesn't like him. Uh, it, the Lions fans will rationalize in ways that are I tell hilarious. You what,
7: it's crazy, isn't it? How the focus is. They on were Jamo. they were bailing on uh, Jameer Gibbs two weeks ago. They were. There was a lot of why do we draft him? Like we could have had somebody else. Well, how do you let me put it this way? Last night, a top 10 pick was on the field for the Las Vegas Raiders. I bet you have no clue who he was if you don't follow the draft because he did nothing. Nothing. Tyree Wilson.
1: Well, I saw Mayer. He was.
7: was Mayor. looks good.
1: Yeah. Mayer, Mayer's a good with, tight end. With, with a good quarterback, he could be like a Gronk. Yeah. Right?
7: He, he's not as productive as. Sam Laporta is. How, how, how Laporta, good is Laporta? Sam, Sam
1: Laporta is incredible. Is he amazing? And look at Campbell. Look at those rookies. They showed that graphic last night on Monday Night Football. And, and we talked about Gibbs and really you have to com- oh my you compare him to Barry, which is amazing how <laughs> he can just jump and uh, get through a hole and, again, get him in space. Whatever they did to adjust their blocking, their schemes in the second half, that's when Gibbs just went nuts. So you got Gibbs, you got Campbell, who's just tough. Laporta. I mean, these guys are just—they're Brian, Brian Branch had Branch, a good game. They had a great game. One of the best run supporters I've ever seen. Yep, and he's played what four games? Yeah, right. Uh, is is it four games? He's one of the best Lion DB run supporters I've ever seen this side of Benny Blades. He's he is right up there with
7: it. Um, I'd throw Lewis Dulles into that conversation if yes. he ever had knees. I love I
1: love Lewis. So he could stay healthy, yeah, right?
7: but he he. You know, Bone on Bone Knees and Both Knees when you come into the draft probably
1: should be a bigger red flag than it was back, back Bone then. on Bone Both Knees would be a great band name. That would be a good name. Risden, you need a band that, like, plays on the weekends. Hey, going to see Bone on Bone Both Knees? Yeah, Rizzi is the lead singer. Get my Megadeth cover band working. So oh, yeah. Great. Megadeth cover band. That'll go over good at the holiday ends. Uh, Jeff <laughs> Rizden, Lions Lionswire, and Draftwire in the studio. You know, if there's not negatives, but things you need to work on between now and the return to play after the bye week against the Chargers out in Los Angeles, uh, what'd you take from last night?
7: Red zone offense. Mm. Number one thing. They scored one touchdown in five red zone possessions. That's not going to get it done. And going into that, they were also an 0 in Baltimore and had missed their last two in uh, the week before that, too. I believe that was Carolina. That, that you got to be better than that. You've got to convert red zone possessions into touchdowns. The fumble by Craig Reynolds, okay, like uh, I, that, that was weird. It was a weird. Wasn't it two fumbles? Game.
1: Yeah, there was another one too. You know, okay, I was looking yeah. for the trifecta. One of them were a horrible call that Crosby ripped it. He looked I, like he I, was on the ground. I, yeah, I don't get. I don't get that. Like that was the refs. The refs were were wearing Vegas Knights gear walking in.
7: That's that's very the one thing that happened in that game. Th- Referee Cleet Blakeman, Lions favorite. First off, well. if,
1: if your name is Cleet, chances are you grew up in the hills in Arkansas. I'm not stereotyping. We now join Rizzy, already in progress with a huge opinion.
7: I have never seen, and I, I, I officiated. Uh, his, his real full name is Cletus.
1: That's true. So, that, out, that's a true story. Outside of Dukes of Hazard, I don't know anybody oh, named Cletus. We need Enos now, too. Oh, uh, there's enus. I got another word for those officials at times. I'll take uh, enus. Huh? I'll, I'll take Enos. <laughs> I'll take an A, Pat. I'll take an A on the official's wheel of fortune. They uh,
7: not a, the planet either. They did a thing last night where they had a holding penalty. Oh, it just... Thrown by the umpire, and Blake... Twice. They picked it up twice. Blakeman waved off the holding call by his umpire. Now, if you know anything about officiating mechanics, you'll know that... The umpire is watching the interior of the offensive line, guard to guard, and maybe the tackle if they're inside. The referee's job is to watch the quarterback and the, the the tackle on the side that he's on. If he's watching the guard enough that he can pay attention that he can wave off a holding penalty, that means he's admitting he's not doing his job. Like, he's not paying attention to what he's supposed to be doing. Cleet Blakeman just told his supervisors and everybody in America that he doesn't know how to be an official by waving that flight. Like he admits that he's incompetent by doing that. Some of the calls got to
1: stop incompetent or very suspect calls. And when we look at the evolution again, I'm not going to connect anybody, but what's on the line when it comes to calls. And then they had like almost a makeup pick up the holding flag.
7: Yeah, the the the, call, right? the flag they picked up against the Raiders like Raiders fans were rightly like why? It was because, like a makeup call because it, it it was a definitely like it shouldn't have been picked up. It it was weird that that fumble with Max Crosby ripping the ball out of David or uh, Craig Reynolds while Craig may or may not be laying on the ground or levitating shortly. above He was like, levitating. I don't yeah, it's part uh, of a magic show. That was one of those where like, whatever the call on the field was was going to stand because there was no evidence to anything.
1: Well, the ref, I have the audio. Hold on one second. After further review, it's a fumble because I have Raiders plus seven. Uh, you know, you look at the numbers. If, if you looked at the box score, like you said, 52-7, 45-7, if you look just at the box score on yards allowed, yards gained by the Lions close to 500, Yeah, you would think this, w- and it should have been, you take away the pick six, it's you know 26-7, it should have been 42-49, you know, 55, you, something like that, seven. You triple, their, more than triple
7: their yards, you more than doubled. It was 29 first downs to 12. It was uh, 39 minutes and 45 seconds of possession time for Detroit in a 60 minute game. I, I think the Raiders wound up running 45 plays, which, if that is accurate, would be the fewest amount of opposing plays that the Lions have seen, I believe, since Indomitian Sue and Nick Fairley were both on the field at the same time. Uh, average game is about 60 to 63 snaps per game offensively Game give a 45. The, the Raiders completed one pass to a wide receiver. Didn't didn't complete one in the first half. Devonte Adams, the guy that everybody wants to trade and they're, they're not trading him, so forget that, but one catch, 11 yards. That like some of that is some of that is Raider incompetence. So there is no doubt about that. Some of that's pretty good coverage and a good game plan by Aaron Glenn. Um, and this was one of the things that I wanted to to, to hit on when, when you invited me in, and I, I wrote down like little notes of what I want to talk about. There was a lot last night where you saw the Raiders receivers open deep. That wasn't by accident. They know Jimmy G can't make that throw. Like you, you always have to make give and take with what you, with the opponent you are playing. You can't play the defense that they played last night against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. We've seen that. You can't do that against Geno Smith and the, the Seahawks. He's going to hit those throws. Lamar's going to hit those throws. Jimmy G, much like Baker Mayfield, they don't hit the deep throw. Like they're inaccurate, they're not trustworthy. It gives you a chance to put more pressure on them up front. Those are quarterbacks that are impacted by pressure a lot more than others are. Like I thought it was a brilliant game by Aaron Glenn. Try it, Jimmy. You might beat me once, maybe. He didn't. But even if you give up, like, one, like, you're still getting a net gain out of that. And I thought that was a brilliant strategy. Like, give up the deep pass. Like, that seems very counterintuitive. But when you look at going into the game, Garoppolo was dead last in completion percentage on throws over 20 yards. His receivers, they drop a lot. And outside of Devontae Adams, none of them are guys that get open down the field very well either. Like, it was a... It was a really smart, unconventional game plan by Aaron Glenn. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. It's it looks crazy. I, there were people I know tweeting from the stands and you know bugging, bugging me about why are they not covering deep? Like because the Raiders don't do that. Like I I, I thought it was great. I know it freaked the fans out. And again, that's not it will not work against uh, the Chargers. Justin Herbert can hit those throws. Keenan Allen's going to be open on those throws, and that's going to be a problem. Yeah, but I thought the, the you know, he, he read his son, Zoo, know thine enemy, and uh, give Aaron Glenn a lot of credit for that.
1: And Aaron Glenn, by the way, did get the game ball the first one. He earned uh, it. He earned the, it. In the post-game locker room conversation with Campbell, and he turned around and gave it to Jacobs and Cam Sutton. So, you know, the defense did step up. It's a horrible offense. Yes. You get the bye. <laughs> you, you now have established uh, – Montgomery, before he got hurt between the tackles, you now have Gibbs as a legitimate threat every time he touches the ball to get a big gainer, especially you get him in space. You're the Lions. You had a patchwork offensive line, and I don't care if it was the Raiders, and they do have Crosby and some big boys up front, but I'm looking at the numbers. 152 rushing for Gibbs, 74 for Reynolds. With Was it three linemen out? Yeah. Three linemen out, and you still put up what 225 226 yards rushing
7: very impressive
1: that is that, that to me that's the most impressive number because I I look down the list and I start to think about the receiver options that Goff has even when he's off a little bit uh, and, and he picked it up in the second half but St. Brown playing with the flow Laporta as good as any tight end in the NFL as a rookie he had, what eight catches for 56 yards and yeah, a touchdown I believe it was 57 you got yeah. you got Gibbs there's still more you can throw to him he had five receptions. Yeah.
7: Josh uh, Reynolds did not have a good night. Had one catch, you know, fumbled it away, he never saw the ball again.
1: And Raymond, and Raymond off the bench. I, I I love him. He's he's a he's like a Saint Brown light, right? And, he and, is with a little bit more speed to get. Oh the yeah, he he, open can, field. he can definitely
7: go. And you know, you did get one pass to Jamo. Jamo
1: Jamo was two or three on receptions.
7: That's for me. That, but yeah, like he he It's a start. It is a it's exactly right. And this is a guy he still hasn't played a full year of NFL football yet. He's growing. Does he have Where's to grow the slant more? to Heck, him yeah. over
1: the middle? God, I want that so where, where, where do you clear out line? You know, it's old school football 101. Send people deep, clear out underneath. Let let JMO get that, and then they're going to come up, and then you send them deep. I mean, Man, I you know what? I'm taking over defensive coordinator for the one. I, would, Lions. I would, you love would love that. Okay, I would thank love you. to see. Uh, yes, I'd oh, love to see that. I would love to see you no, on the sideline. I That'd tried. Be I, okay. which Jones at CMU. <laughs> let me call the plays on offense for their spring game. It was when he was in Mount Pleasant. Notice he wasn't there long. <laughs> no, and I wasn't on the sidelines long because let me tell you what I did. This is the problem. I mentioned it. Everybody Antonio Brown. I was coaching him on offense. Oh, wow. Right? And I think it was LaFever, a pretty good team. Oh yeah, right? Daniel LaFever. Yeah, I had uh I just kept calling, you know, I had a they gave me a condensed play sheet. I had the headphones on talking to the box. It was really awesome. Dressed like a coach, coaches gear, and all I was calling was uh the go routes. So, <laughs> Four I kept, birds. so so, so <laughs> So they're throwing deep all the time. Next thing I hear, Butch gets on the headset with me. goes, Bill, you can't just keep running Antonio deep all the time. I go, We got on. Muller was my old producer, was the other coach because he went to CMU, right? And, and I'm cause finally, finally at halftime, Butch comes down in a nice way to me. He goes, Hey, uh, uh give me the headset.
6: <laughs>
1: and not, I had to stand there. I was one half. I, I think LaFever threw it deep eight times. That wasn't what he was great at either. No. He, was, he was a really. good But I was coaching like I'm playing at the time, Madden. Yeah, that's how Absolutely. I was coaching. That's how I think fans look at it now. Uh, that's how I look at it. They, I, want a a the a they want a big play. They want a big play every time. When yeah. Jamo's in the game, the bar has been spe- uh, set by what you watched when he was with Saban at Alabama. Right. And the Lions fans want that, and the taste we got last year of him was this dude. Can catch a five-yard pass and go to the house.
7: And I think there needs to be some balance there. And, and people that live in this state should know. Remember, he was at Ohio State first, and very average at and Ohio didn't, State. Didn't couldn't get on the field at Ohio State
1: because they didn't trust him to always catch the ball. Well, Ryan Day's brother investigated him and said, "I'm not sure if he's stealing opponent signs." Oh. So I, I can't <laughs> confirm nor deny that. We now join Rizzy, already in progress on the huge show. I love the aside. It's great. You know, I, I think that the, the truth about
7: Jima is somewhere in between the dynamic guy that he was at Alabama and the guy who was the number four, number five wide receiver at Ohio State that he was. Now, every guy that was above him is in the NFL. Like, it's not like he's like. What was above him? Alave, uh Wilson. Yeah. Right? Garrett Wilson. Uh, oh, geez. Alave was. Who's with, yes. with Seattle. Uh, no, the, no. No, he's with New Orleans. He's with New Orleans. Um, other than running one really bad route, one he's more, been great. There's one more good receiver. Garrett Wilson was, was there. Um, there's one more. The, yeah, there is. There's one more. There, there, there's a few more. I mean, Jackson's Smith Najigba, he's out in Seattle now. He's, he's doing good, too. I saw he, he caught a touchdown pass. He's a good player. He was on my fantasy they, team. They have, they, they roll out wide receivers there, man. And the, the best one they got is Marvin Harrison Jr. That guy. Oh, gosh. That guy is the number one player in the 2024 NFL draft. I know Lions fans don't want to talk about draft now, but. He should be the number one overall pick. It doesn't matter who's got that, because there's not a team in the league that can't use Marvin Harrison Jr. That guy's incredible.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh yeah. But and, and it's like Ryan Day just figured out how to use him. You know how he yeah. figured it out? One of the Michigan ball boys called him and said use him. Okay. I believe it. Yeah, because he had all the signs. The ball boys uh also now are allegedly cheating. Did you hear that story too? I, oh my God. Don't even get me going. Just with that. just I I think this story is, you know, reports are Harbaugh is going to get the extension. So that means lawyers have told the Board of Regents and Athletic Department that there's nothing there. Seriously, if they're going to, if he signs the extension, that's a big sign that there's nothing coming down the pipe against him.
7: Either that, or he has a lot on them that they don't want out, and he feels comfortable enough to play that
1: card. Your dad's Ohio State fan, right? Yes, he is. Okay, just very re- much so. Okay.
7: Uh, <laughs> very very much so.
1: Uh, I, I I do have to throw. I in, like your dad, and I'm glad he's. I doing was well.
7: I was at the fir- I was at my first game at Ohio State when I was three weeks old. Uh, my parents took me to a game. <laughs> way 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 back, um, back in the uh, Bo versus Woody era. Um, but I haven't, I haven't rooted actively for Ohio State in a long time. Urban Meyer was a real turnoff. Real turnoff.
1: <laughs> you think he's gonna? There's talk that I think he's toying with Michigan by saying this interest, this rumor that's out there about Michigan State is just jabbing at Michigan while they're taking body shots right now. That's that, what I think. That wouldn't surprise he me. He was so bad. At, why? Why was Urban Meyer so bad at Jacksonville? Just couldn't relate to the players. That was
7: some of it. He was arrogant. He made terrible hires for his assistant coaches, which is an area where I think Dan Campbell deserves a lot more credit than he gets nationally. Dan hired guys who knew what they were doing and believed in his vision. And Urban Meyer, I'm not sure he even met some of the guys before he hired them. Like, legitimately. He just wasn't... And, and like like Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach. I dealt with this when I when I lived in the Washington, D.C. area and he was their head coach. Like, Oh, practice is over. I'm going to the golf course today. Like, I'm going to get my nine holes in. Um, that's not what you do in the NFL. You've
1: got to have well, – You know, Shea Patterson did that with Michigan and lost the team because he'd go – he wouldn't show up for summer workouts. He'd be golfing across the street at the University of Michigan golf course. I you, loo- I, you lose credibility. And He's er- not coming to Michigan State with no talent. He is not coming there. That's not who he is. No, and no. I, I believe right now there he helped spread a rumor that he's jabbing at Michigan – uh, while Michigan, like I said, has taken all these PR hits. That's what it is.
7: My my personal theory, and this is just speculation talking out my we, body. We
1: speculate every day, uh, three until six. When Lincoln
7: Riley leaves USC after the season for the NFL, Urban Meyer goes to USC. That's my that's my speculation. He, you
1: know, he's going to walk into a place, and Jacksonville had young talent. He they, just couldn't do Yeah, he he was not smart enough to figure that out how to use it. Uh, that that
7: by the way, that's a really good football team in Jacksonville. Uh, five and,
1: and Urban on. Meyer loves to go places where he's watched the team a lot. Right? There's a fair through, chance through TV work. Fair chance
7: that Caleb Williams doesn't go into the draft because he, he's going to be picky like that. And that's like if he can. Urban has to have a quarterback that he trusts. I don't. I have no clue what USC has in the pipeline behind Caleb Williams, but that, that, that's an easy place to recruit to. They've got boosters that will pay money. That you will they they're better at hiding how they're going to cheat than Michigan is. And I think that's a fair, safe statement to say. <laughs> and so that, that, that's me just absolutely. I have no inside information. No, just total guess on my part, but. That's my thought of what's going to happen with Urban Meyer, because I, I don't
1: think the he's answer, not going to Michigan State with no talent. No, that's not that's not what no, he would do. No, no but no. I, I believe it's just more. And again, it's the Ohio State pipeline that you know Michigan and Ohio State. Whenever one is down, not necessarily down and out, but down, the other school Twitter everybody piles on. It's how it works with when They're they're both really really and Michigan's good Michigan's getting it both sides because Michigan State fans hate Michigan, Ohio State fans hate Michigan. But yeah. I'm looking. Ohio look, State doesn't have that second rival like that I mean, oh. they They've
7: tried to make they Notre tried, Dame they, they tried to make Notre Dame and and like yeah, they get, like, I'll tell you though, from going to high school in Columbus, there's a crap ton of Notre Dame people down there.
1: so maybe that is a little bit of a rivalry, but I think it's all the Catholic schools in the state of Ohio. Yeah, I, re- I really do. It, it, you know, most of those kids that go to the oh, I mean, Catholic schools are big ND. It, it's
7: crazy that people in Michigan know who Lakewood St. Ed's and Cleveland St. Ignatius and Cincinnati Moeller are.
1: Exactly. Like, th- these are. these are Jerry inc- Faust from Moeller. Remember? Right. remember him. I do. That was a great. I, he <laughs> I, he made Charlie Weiss look good. Yes. Wow, that's, that's impressive because that's hard to do. I know. <laughs> uh, Jeff Risden <laughs> from the Lions, wire draft wire. We have a lot to talk about with the Lions and that 26 14 win. Uh, over the Raiders and you know when we say golf could be better and you're 26-37 for 272 that tells you something that the Lions have arrived it really does and, and think about the incompletions
7: one of them was the interception that was god-awful he'll he'll, he'll tell you that he did tell us that the after incompletions the game. most of them were awful Mo- he threw four of those passes away on purpose because he was under pressure or the Raiders called the right defense. You know, they did the, the Tecmo Super Bowl thing where, you know, they called the B and that was your offensive call and you, you just don't have a prayer on it. And like, so I'm glad that he gets out of those plays very well. There was a drop by JMO. There was a ball that was behind Sam Laporta that Laporta probably should have caught. I don't think I got credited as a drop. Like, other than that, he was he was pretty darn on, man. That That touchdown throw that he threw to Laporta, that's that is a Matthew Stafford throw from Jared Goff. And I, I think that got a little bit lost, but he threw that ball between two closing linebackers before Laporta had made his break. Like, that's not a throw you see Jared Goff attempt a lot. And the fact that he whistled it in there, dead stride. That That's a perfect, perfect throw. Like... And that's that's what you get. Like he he didn't have his best night, but he was able to dial it up when he needed to,
1: and that was that was impressive. And I think early while that offensive line was trying to get settled, and Crosby was just wrecking havoc, he he looked I'll a little early. Golf looked a little rattled. He did. Like, hurry, getting rid of it. He doesn't like pressure. He's a pocket guy, you know that yeah. with all the analytics. So we'll talk more about golf. We'll uh, get to the Lions' defense and the standouts there across the board. Cousins out at Minnesota. What does that mean uh, yeah. to the NFC North? Could the Lions clinch by the time they get to the Packers on Thanksgiving? If you have a Lions comment or question, uh, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line 1 866 838 4843. That's 1 866 838 Huge. At Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Jeff Risden uh, from Lions Wire and The Draft Wire uh, joining us. In studio, you can follow Risdon on Twitter at R I S D O N.
0: From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge.
3: Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. A day that is unmistakably yours. The place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort.
1: tailgates and more. Make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery.
2: Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks Checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle.
1: Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the
0: Michigan Sports Network.
1: We are back in hour number two on a Tuesday statewide broadcast, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can also listen to our free stream weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Jeff Risden, Lions Wire, Draft Wire, one of our Lions NFL insiders in studio talking about the Lions moving to 6-2, going into the bye week, 26-14 over the now 3-5 and five Raiders and what stuck out last night, you mentioned uh, with the sack and, or sacks plural and penalty yardage and the pressures uh, that the Lions were bringing on Jimmy G. Uh, it was really start to finish uh, one of the better defensive performances I've seen from the Lions' 11 on defense.
7: It, it was phenomenal. And you think about it. They Jimmy G went dropped back to pass twenty seven times in the game. The Lions got six sacks. Here's the here's the fun part though. They did not pressure him on four of his first five dropbacks. After that, they got a pressure on all but one. That means that they're bringing it, and some of it was with just the front four. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson was getting a lot of wins, getting double teamed a whole lot, but still making some things happen. Aline McNeil had. One of the best games he's ever had. He got two sacks. He got five hits on Garoppolo. Like Alex Anzalone playing out of his mind. By the way, I loved the shot in the crowd of the Alex Anzalone fan club with all the guys with the flow. Like that that's a fantastic Halloween costume. Props to all of you guys who were involved in that. Anzalone had a great game last night. A Pro Bowl worthy player this year. And I, I think that the the way that they attacked an offensive line, so it's interesting because they're, the Raiders, their offensive tackles, well, tackle Colton Miller on the left side, he's really good. I thought they did a good job of picking on the weaknesses for that team. Their center, their left guard, not the best players, not all that experience playing next to one another. And I thought that Aaron Glenn exploited that really well. And that, again, Aaron Glenn had a really bad game in Baltimore. We needed to see something from him with his defense. Can you dial it up? Can you rebound? And he rebounded like Ben Wallace and Dennis Robin put together last night. He was he was in his bag. And again, it, it helps that Jimmy Garoppolo is weak-minded and not 100% healthy and not all that good, but they still did to him things that made him look a lot worse than he normally does. Um, obviously, he's still beautiful, but... Not a very beautiful quarterback.
1: Yeah, Anzalone, Campbell. I'm looking at the leading tacklers. Branch, uh, Walker, Okora, uh, Jacobs. Uh, Ju- Julian Okora making a great sack. And, and McNeil was awesome last yeah, night. Aleem, Aleem McNeil was, was legit last night. What about Hutchinson? You know, sitting at um, the dirty shame for the huge watch party with John uh, Mohawk and Bill Giroux and friends, which, by the way, everybody celebrated. I'm watching these dudes when that touchdown was called back that would have pushed the game over the bridge. <laughs> that was pretty that pretty pretty exciting to see. Everyone's wondering you know and I look at Hutch he's getting double team. It is plain and simple. Can you you know NFL double teams. Uh, that's a strong wall to get through.
7: It really is and that's where you have to have your complimentary guys and McNeil stepped up last night. I thought Julian O'Quara stepped up very well last night. And John Kaminsky has stepped up in other games. Josh Pascal, when he's been on the field, has stepped up in other games. They just need that consistency from that other spot. But Hutch is getting double teamed at one of the highest rates in the league. It's not the highest. I actually think that Max Crosby was the highest going into last night. And, and we all saw that guy's, that guy's incredible. Miles Garrett, very good chance he's the defensive player of the year. He gets double teamed at about the same rate that Hutchinson does. That's the kind of respect that he's getting. He's still getting wins. He had five pressures on his own last night, despite being double teamed on just about every rep. So he's getting things done. It's just not necessarily showing up on the stat sheet. And and if he's not there, then, they're, then they are getting the double teams and better equipped to stop guys like Okwara and Charles Harris and Aleem McNeil and Broderick Martin, who got his first taste of the action last night. And it was nice to see big Broderick in action uh, he's he's a wonderful puppy dog of a player. Uh, and it was nice to see him get out there and, and do some things and run defense. And by the way, he deserves credit for a third down stop where he did not make the tackle. But he took out the blocker that allowed Alex Anzalone to knife in and get a tackle for loss early in the game when the Raiders still had some hope. The, the, that, that's that's the little things that this defense did very well last night that they did not do at all in Baltimore and it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating. It, it makes me want to throw beer cans at my TV too. That Aaron Glenn doesn't do that every week. But when Aaron Glenn is dialed in, mm. he's really, really good. Uh, it's just that when he's not, he's really, really not. And I, I hope that they find a happy medium for that over the, the buy. I think it's one of those things the buy. Is very good for self-scouting, for looking at your team. What have we done well? What have we not done well? What can we do better? And I think that's one of the things they're going to look at. Is is for Aaron Glenn to like, hey man, even out, dude. Like you're either an A or an F. Let, let, give me a B minus game once. Let's see what happens with that.
1: And we'll talk about uh, getting healthy at the bye, making an adjustment. Six and two, chasing NFC home field advantage. That could be, believe it or not. I'll use this phrase. The Road to the Super Bowl for your Detroit Lions. Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire, Draft Wire. Follow both of those on Twitter, Facebook, online. Also follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Risdon. If you have a Lions comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank Listener Line at 1 866 838 4843. That's 1 866 838 Huge. At Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000.
0: Everything huge, 24-7, at thehugeshow.net.
3: No one cares what you've been through. No one cares about your hopes, your dreams, your desire to make a difference in this world. Guess what? That isn't true. Law enforcement cares. That's why people join the force. Maybe they came from a world where those things are true. Maybe they didn't. But here's something they have in common. They do care. Maybe you should consider being around people who truly care about you. Visit MichiganPoliceChiefs.org and start the conversation.
1: Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at roastumber.com. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to TheUrbanU.com to find out more. That's TheUrbanU.com.
0: You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: We are back wrapping up our number two on this Tuesday broadcast presented by the Soarin' Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. My conversations with Coach John Beeline will happen every Tuesday through the NBA Finals presented by Soarin' Eagle. We'll talk to Coach coming up in just about 30 minutes about the young Pistons he worked with the last couple of years. Michigan, Michigan State and Big Ten basketball and how to build a culture conversations with coach Beeline every Tuesday exclusively here on the Huge Show across Michigan presented by Soren Eagle in Mount Pleasant. All right uh, some of the information I have coming in with the NFL trade deadline coming gone today. Uh, Lions have traded for Donovan People's Jones the former Michigan wide receiver had a great year last year for the Browns. Lions give up a six round 2025 draft pick. Chase Young traded from Washington to the Niners. Montez Sweat from Washington to the Bears. Uh, Josh Dobbs is the QB to replace Kirk Cousins in Minneapolis. So those are some of the headline deals, especially with the local flavor there with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Good move. Wide receiver depth, uh, ability to stretch the field, uh, return kicks if needed, especially punts and Last year, look at his numbers, almost 900 yards receiving, and his yards per catch are all in double digits since he's been in the NFL. And you know, back in the day, in Ann Arbor, he was an athlete to deal with. So good move by Brad Holmes, and they didn't have to give up a lot. I think they're set to really push for home field advantage in the NFC post-bye week based on their schedule. Now, if you miss any of our conversation today or Any show, any huge opinion, any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. And catch up today. Big. Bad. What's up, Michigan? It is hour number three on a Tuesday statewide broadcast. We are heard on the Michigan Sports Network in 19 incredible affiliates. If you're in northern Michigan, 104.7 FM and AM 1340, the ticket, Charlevoix, Petoskey to the bridge. Uh, we also have AM 1280 in the Alma Mount Pleasant area, Sports Radio 100.9 FM, The Mitt. Midland, Bay City, Saginaw Sports Extra, 1330 in Flint. You can also hear us on 96.5, The Cave in Adrian in Southeast Michigan. Great radio station. 961 The Game, our flagship station. You can hear us in Kalamazoo, Muskegon, and the Grand Rapids metro area. Uh, you have WHTC, uh, 99. 99.7. 99.7. And 1450. I, I knew I, you, you heard <laughs> the pause where it was 99.1 or 99.7. You live out there. That's the Holland's hometown station. There That's where go. I live. Okay, 99.7 <laughs> and, and <laughs> AM 1450, uh, WHDC. Thank you for having my back on that one, plus other great radio stations. For the one close to you, uh, go to the net. AM 730, the game in Lansing carries us. Tape delayed weeknights at six. Like I said, all the stations, all the cities uh, go to thehudeshow.net. Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, Draft Wire, one of our Lions NFL insiders, joining us uh, in studio talking about the Lions and a comfortable win last night. Uh, the final score doesn't reflect the dominance uh, of the Lions. And right into the bye week, six and two, uh, home field advantage in the NFC. Uh, Seattle has a tiebreaker, and we know how tiebreakers with Seattle work. <laughs> Back-to-back years, we wouldn't want that to yes. cost the Lions something, right? Yes, we uh, do. I've at home to them the last two years, but uh, the Niners are struggling minus Debo Samuel, and you have the Eagles who are winning but don't look as dominant as they were last year, so the Lions are in a really good place at 6-2 and two going into the break.
7: They are, and... Let's let's rewind to the summer when we were sitting in here talking in August. Would we have accepted 6 and 2 with a 2 game lead in the in the NFC North? It, absolutely. Everybody out there listening everywhere across Michigan would have taken that happily. Like, we're 6 and 2, the Vikings are 4 and 4 and they don't have their two best players. Like, yeah, give me that. Look, it, it hasn't always been pretty. The other thing is to think about the two losses for Detroit. They lost to Seattle. They lost to Baltimore. Those are two of the three or four best teams in football right now. If you look at the other teams that and their losses, Kansas City, they lost to Detroit. Okay, that that's a good loss. Like Detroit's a good football team. They lost to Denver. Like Den like Denver giving up 70 points, Denver. Denver losing to Chicago, Denver. Like, that's a really bad loss. The Lions don't have that on their resume. You know, they they're Again, Seattle, Seattle looks really good. Uh, Baltimore, aside from the fact that they're a very bad X's and O's matchup for Detroit, pretty darn good football team. You look at their losses, one of their losses is directly on John Harbaugh not understanding how to handle the clock as a veteran NFL head coach, which is baffling to me. And I, by the way, I got to give credit to the Baltimore media for not backing down on him on that. Like, a lot of times when a coach has been there for a long time, this happens in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin where the media will give him unnecessary, un- unusually long rope when he makes a god-awful mistake, and he does do that from time to time. Nothing. I love Mike Tomlin. I would, I would happily take Mike Tomlin as my head coach of my football team, if, like I was starting a new team, but he's not perfect either. And the Pittsburgh media lets him get away with him. Baltimore's media did not let John Harbaugh get away with that one. Uh, lost Pittsburgh, by the way, so or the Colts, um, where he basically gave them two extra possessions to win the football game at the end of the game by his own clock mismanagement. Like, we complained some about Dan Campbell still learning on the job with his clock management. That's another thing that we I took from last night. End of the first half, the Lions, they're driving down the field, and Troy Aikman is like, I don't know why they're not calling a timeout. Well, they're not calling a timeout because they know they have all their timeouts in their hand. They're not leaving time for the Raiders to to score if and when the Lions score. I thought Dan Campbell played that very smartly, and the fact that you know that they scored when they did, and you know, the the Raiders came out, they took one play and then took a knee and, and went into the halftime. Like that's that's growth from Dan Campbell. Again, he's not perfect at, at the clock management. We saw mismanagement with that uh, a couple times early this season, Seattle game included. He's getting better. He's learning.
1: The thing I took from last night is that there were times I was screaming about clock management, that Goff had happy feet, but you have three new offensive linemen filling in. I understand the injuries. Uh, But then when you step back and you look at the numbers, because you want – we're to the point now that even though they are 6-2 and into this bye week, they'll resume against the Chargers out in Los Angeles, that there's still a side of you that's thinking the worst. When it comes to the Lions. And I think that's just decades, if you're my age, of knowing is this too good to be true. As Chuck Daly said, a pessimist is an optimist with
7: experience. The man knew what he was talking about. I feel really, really good about the Lions. I'm not gonna lie and say that I don't I'm not a little bit concerned that like I I think they're still like way too good to not win the division. But am I a little concerned that maybe we're getting an inflated view? Yeah, a little bit. I actually think that the way that they won last night shows that they can win a game where they're not at their best. I mean, obviously the defense was was as good as you're going to get from a Detroit Lions defense. But, you know, they – yeah, I, and, and there's a lot of that. I, I get it when I talk to people when I'm, you know, at the gym and people want to talk Lions or I did a volleyball game with my daughter and you know people come up and, like, want to talk Lions. And, like, everybody's like – Is it okay that I think that they're good? Like, can I get, like, yeah, do it. Like, if not now, when? Uh, When are you ever going to get a chance again where everything lines up so well for this team? Uh, And it's a good football team. It's a well-coached football team. It's a well-run, well-managed football team from the top on down. I feel really good about it. I, I can't lie and say that there isn't times where I'm like, "Oh my God, <laughs> what's going to happen? What catastrophe is going to happen to make this all go away?" But you know that's, that that's figments of the imagination. You just you know pour yourself another cup of coffee and move on because I, I don't. I really don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I I'm a big believer in this team.
1: All right, so I mentioned. Uh they get back to action november 12th at the chargers 405 michigan time 105 west coast time uh, and then after the chargers the schedule bears at home green bay at home on thanksgiving at new orleans squirrely place to play at chicago denver at home at minnesota at dallas minnesota at home so the magic number that i was talking about yesterday on the huge show i think 13 and 4 14 and 3 guarantees you Home field advantage in the NFC. Lions are a game behind with the Seahawks, game behind the Eagles. Yeah. I think thirteen and four is a realistic number for the Lions. If you say, for the sake of this conversation, with those the three toughest road games, I'll say at Dallas, at New Orleans, at the Chargers. If you could find a way to win two of them. And they can. All right, and that gives you your third loss and and that does give you a game to play with. That gives you your, your where you're gonna have, loss. Where you're going you to have, have a, egg.
7: Yeah, you just have a bad Another day.
1: Baltimore day.
7: Yeah, and it, by the way, that happened to Kansas City. They lost to Denver. It happened to San Francisco. They lost to Cleveland. Like that, I, I know the Browns' defense is really good, but that, that's not a good football team, unfortunately. The, you know, the, There are teams where there, there are just days where you just don't have the A game. Uh, Philadelphia survived against Washington uh, not a great not a game that would would engender enthusiasm amongst Eagles fans for how they won but they did win like there's and that's that's why I like the the idea of looking at the the, the losses that the team has lost to and for Detroit again it's Baltimore and Seattle. That could be the Super Bowl, folks. Like, like, those are really good football teams. The Lions were very competitive against Seattle. Not at all competitive against Baltimore. Right? New Orleans. New Orleans is an interesting one because they're probably going to be playing for their division lives at that point, um, depending on what Atlanta and Tampa Bay are doing. But that they're going to need that win a lot more than Detroit does, and I wonder how that's going to play out. I think the Chargers, if they want to keep pace at all with the with the, the Chiefs, they're going to need to come up with that win. Uh, but again, they're they're a very difficult team to trust. Dallas always tough. They're going to need to keep up. That that could be a game where they're playing to be the top wild card or the next wild card, or maybe Philadelphia falters a little bit and they're they're playing that game for the division. So they're the motivation for those games is going to be tough to overcome and I do worry that they're going to lay an egg against Chicago because they've done it before, um, Minnesota because they've done it before, even though I don't think that the Vikings are all that much of a threat. They can lock up. Re- Actually, somebody asked me that on Twitter earlier today. When's the earliest that you think is a realistic time for day, them to lock I it up? I, I'm going to go one week later, but yeah, that's they, they could have the division wrapped up by then, and that's when you start talking about, okay, now we can see what we got in Hendon Hooker as our backup quarterback. That, that's how Patrick Mahomes got. Remember, Patrick Mahomes did not play until his last game of his rookie year. They had Alex Smith going. They won the division that year. They wrapped it up, and they're like, "Okay, let's see what we got in
1: Mahomes." Yeah, but what if
7: you're playing for home field advantage in the NFC, and and then you can't take any games off? That would be that would be tough. I I will say there is a difference though between I this is something that we argue about in the football world a lot is it better to have the bye and get rested up but also maybe like not be as sharp and you're going to be playing against a team that just built some momentum by winning a playoff game uh coming into you I don't mind getting the 3 seed. I don't want the 2 seed. I want 1 or 3. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I want I want to host all the way through or I want to host that first game and get it out of the way while I'm still playing tough. Uh, the second seed is weird because then you might have to go on the road and then you're also going to be playing a team that comes in with a little bit of momentum. So uh, I, I actually argue about that a lot with the guy that, that covers that covers another team. We, we go back and forth on that. But I, we're still talking about like first world NFL football team problems. Gee, we have to be the three seed. Like, darn, we got to get a playoff game at home that's against a team that might have a losing record coming in. Uh, in the NFC right now, again, Minnesota is right now the number seven seed, the last playoff spot. They're four and four. Atlanta. Are we scared of Atlanta? Come on. We, we killed them, and they're not better now yeah, than the then.
1: The key is, I believe, with that crowd, if they could get a home field advantage in the NFC, yeah. they're a game out right now going into the bye week. If they could and have fresh legs and beat the Chargers in LA, come back and get the Bears. And Green Bay at home, this team could be sitting at nine and two. Nine and two through eleven games, going to New Orleans, and, and sounds at, good, doesn't it? And as Chicago, and, and, and
7: we're being very realistic.
1: Like that, that's a very realistic outcome. We're, we're talking about <laughs> things this year that it goes back to the start of the season by beating Kansas City. We're talking about things that have never been discussed in season with the Lions. God no. Never. No, no. I'm even talking
7: Barry, Calvin, Jeffords, yeah, the, the, the Herman Moore, Lomas Brown, Chris Spielman glory years. Uh, by the way, great job by the Lions to induct Lomas Brown. Uh, Monday
1: Night Monday Football. That football. That was, Monday Night Football gave him love. That was great. Bucket Aikman did. That was well he, deserved. He deserves a Lomas. So to know Lomas is to love Lomas. I know you have him on all the time. Yeah, he's on every Thursday with Josh Garvey, managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Doran Mayhew. And every Thursday. Uh, Lomas breaks down the Lions Lomas. and we look ahead uh, to the next game and the rest of the NFL just a He's so great. He is when you hear him on air, he's the same way in person. Oh, 100%. He, he he's
7: always got a smile on his face. He's always willing to talk. He'll put his arm on your shoulder when he's talking to you. Um he remembered my name after meeting me once like a month later. I'm like, "Wow, like that's I don't expect that." Like, he, he, that's just the kind of guy, he, he's got the biggest heart. He also, by the way, has the biggest hands. Have you ever shaken Lomas oh, Brown's amazing hands? amazing man. It, it's, it's, it's like shaking hands with a banana bunch. Like his he, fingers go
1: up. He, I, I'm not a small you guy. See, you can see him get his hands on opposing <laughs> defensive linemen. Wonderful guy. And you can hear yeah. Lomas on the huge show, courtesy of Dorn Mayhew with Josh Garvey each and every Thursday uh, during the season all the way through uh, the big game yeah. uh, in February. So the bye week uh, injuries have been a have been the negative on the Lions oh definitely uh, you know starting with week two I think So by the time they get to LA a week from Sunday, who's back who's still on the sidelines in terms of injuries
7: So Jonah Jackson Jonah easy for me to say. Jonah Jackson should be back at left guard he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. That's an injury where rest is the only way that you get better at it unless you have the weird surgery that Tua did and that all the Georgia players who were getting hurt did. Um, that's something we'll talk about in draft time. But uh, he'll, he should be back. David Montgomery should be back from the, the chest injury. That's a tough one, though, because that bruised cartilage between your ribs mm. doesn't sound good. No. Um, and that, that's one of those things where if you get hit just wrong again – uh, and he's a physical runner. He's a guy that's not going to shy away from contact. I worry a little bit about that, but he he should be back. And then then we've got the issue of you know dividing up carries between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I I love the idea of putting them in, in the backfield together. Like this is a Lions team that's a little shy at wide receiver talent depth. Maybe maybe run both those guys together. Let's see what we can do. Uh, Vadi Vaitai sat out this past week. Uh, he had a, a flare up of the back injury that made him miss all of last year. That's a little concerning. Nobody ever used to have a back problem. That, that one worries me, but, uh, let's let's look at the injured reserve. James Houston can very well be back. People are looking for a pass
1: rusher. You're bringing in a guy that had eight sacks as a rookie last year. They could use him. I just was going to bring up Houston. They really could use him on, uh, Pass, rush, downs. Obviously, yes.
7: And and that's one of the things. They have tried training Jack Campbell in that role, and it didn't go well in Baltimore. And they did it a little bit last night, and it didn't go well for him th- in that role either. So I think getting him back, that, that brings you a spark. That brings you freshness. That means that you're rushing him instead of Charles Harris. Like, nothing against Charles. I, I, Charles is a great guy and was had a good game last night, too. Didn't necessarily show on the stat sheet, but I thought he played well. But you're, you're going from you know number two pencil to you know laser beam coming off the edge there. That that's an addition that they can get back. You're going to see. Um, I'm trying to think who else is hurt right now. They don't they don't have a lot. Ragnow should be back. He, right. so he was by the way this injury was not his toe. This was a calf strain on top of the toe. In fact, it was on the other leg. So he missed that. He should be back. He'll be fine. We know he's a warrior. He will play through things. You, you know, you're gonna get. Don't know what's what's up with Ashika yet. Uh, he got hurt last night. Not sure on that. But they're
1: Marvel Marvin Jones nothing. Jr. is that a personal leave or he's just done with the Lions? He is done. Period. Done. Period. He will not be playing football. Again. So it wasn't a personal.
7: It, it, it's per. It's a it's personal, personal issue. But it wasn't for a him. personal leave. He's just done. right. Yeah. Yeah. He has been released. The Lions, by the way, still control his contract. They're paying him while he like the rest of his salary. They did not cut him and say, "Hey, we're." That's pretty day. Yeah, Uh, they've learned. (laughs) They learned from that the hard way. They're paying him to to not be part of the team for the rest of the year. Um, I don't know. I legitimately don't know what happened with his family situation, but there's something there, and he just Marvin's also a prideful guy. he, He he knew. He knew he wasn't getting it done anymore, so I think that's just the 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 fact that the Lions didn't need him. I think allowed him to move on, and that's you know, God bless him. Love Marvin. Hope hope it works out great for him, and I, I hope that he is back on the sidelines cheering for his team, like during a playoff game or two or
1: three. And Lions going into the bye week, they'll return to play November twelfth in Los Angeles against the Chargers, six and two. Uh, the NFC North is there for the take and earlier uh, than ever before uh, for the Lions. Could you imagine if it's end of November, first week of December, and you're already guaranteed a playoff spot that is uncharted territory, which has been two key words. When was the last time we were in the playoffs? It's been seven years? What was it 2016?
7: Was it sixteen?
1: Yeah. It's going back a ways. When the last playoff game
7: was... That was, that was not Dallas. No, that was not Dallas. That what? was Seattle, I believe. New Orleans. Or New Orleans. It was New Orleans.
1: No, no, New Orleans was before
7: Dallas. That's right. That was 20... 11, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Was 2013
7: Dallas? 2014 was Dallas. 20, yeah. So the, and, that, was, that was the year we got screwed by the, uh, right. the mythical yeah. picked up flag.
1: Didn't Sam Martin have like a minus one yard punt or some crazy... <laughs> The Just worst shank, right? Like at, at the worst oh, time.
7: That was, that, yeah, that was that was a terrible confluence of events. We were they, talking
1: they... about that last night at the dirty shame, and uh, yeah, they're six and two, dude. They're on their way to the playoffs. I mean, realistically, I, I know I said when I say fourteen and three before the season began, uh, I, I thought they were a lock to make the playoffs. They look like a lock right now, based on the injuries and the quarterbacks that are left. In the NFC North, the only thing that could derail this season would be the same thing that just happened uh, to the Vikings. Uh, yeah. you, you would lose golf.
7: That would be bad. Although I do think we're in better shape with Teddy Bridgewater. And remember, they drafted Hendon Hooker. They liked him. I don't know when he's going to be made available and active. From what I've heard, he could probably be activated if they needed him right now. So that's that's another little you know ace up their sleeve that they can they can slide out if they need to. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, Jason Kambinda could come back. They have figured out, though, and, and I, I do know this came from... His, they figured out that the fullback is a net loss for them in their offense. That they're better off just not using one. So, that that's almost like... Like, I hate to say it about Jason Kabinda because he's, he's, a, he's a great dude and the locker room loves him. The offense is better when they don't even try using a fullback.
1: Because you put another playmaker... Exactly. Play. So like you said, Gibbs and Montgomery. Put Gibbs and Montgomery back there together. And you're a defense, and you're going, what do we do?
7: Right. Exactly, because Gibbs can catch the ball to the back. David Montgomery can catch the ball. You saw last night, Jameer Gibbs can run up the middle if you need him to. Not his best role, but
1: he's good but at it. But they changed the blocking from uh, the first half. Uh, so, I, hey, Rizzy, you got a bye week for yourself, a little downtime to Love hang it. out with the kids. <laughs> uh, we'll reconnect after uh, the bye week. You can follow Jeff Risden on Twitter at Jeff R i s d o n uh, Lions Wire and Draft Wire uh, on Facebook and on Twitter and online. Uh, Rizzy and the Hizzy talking Lions in the NFL. Uh, we'll talk here in ten days or so.
7: Sounds great, man.
1: Good luck to all the uh, volleyball teams that are still playing out their districts, including the Zealandese chicks and my daughter. All right. Well, I give some love to Zealandese <laughs> and the chicks, and we don't mean that. And in any yes. inappropriate C-H-I-X. way. CHIX. CHIX. The Zealand East chicks. Go chicks. And look out for Big Lane in the paint. Lane Risden when Zealand East he's, hits the hardcore. He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> All right. We love it. And don't forget about A. Simonson and the Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern football team taking on Grand Rapids South Christian, the defending D4 state champions, Friday night at Hawk Stadium. In Ada, it's also our flagship station's game of the week. Ninety-six won the game, and also Fox Seventeen uh, high school playoff game of the week here in West Michigan. Well earned and well deserved for Coach Swander, my son Ace, and his entire FHE football team.
0: From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge.
1: It's time to go in the huddle with Tim Stout. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new
6: day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day only at SoaringEagleCasino.com. The tough season
7: comes to an end in Spartan Stadium for Michigan State, a noon game this Saturday against Nebraska. And ironically enough, it's the visitors who still have plenty to play for. Nebraska, under first-year coach Matt Rule, has won five of its last six games and is still in the hunt to play in the Big Ten Championship game. The West is wide open, and Nebraska has played so much better as the season has gone along. This figures once again to be a defensive matchup for Michigan State. The Spartans are losing players to injury. They still have quarterback issues trying to decide who to play, when, and where. And what they do off the Minnesota loss this last Saturday, loss number six in a row, well, it'll be a week of trying
1: to answer more questions. TV. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7 everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to
3: MHSAA.com. Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. A day that is unmistakably yours. At the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort.
1: How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Adorn Mayhew Firm? All you have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at theHudeShow.net.
0: You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: We are back on The Huge Show across Michigan and each and every Tuesday through the NBA Finals, former Michigan head coach John Beeline will join us and we'll talk hoops courtesy of our friends at the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort. In Mount Pleasant, Michigan, welcome in, Coach. How you doing? Hey, Bill. Great
5: to be here. Great to be here. Basketball season's right around the corner. NBA has already started.
1: All right. So uh, you finished up your stint with the Pistons when they had the changeover with Monty Williams and his staff. Uh, looking at the Pistons right now, two and two start. Uh, I like what I see. They're still young. Uh, take me back to your time with the Pistons and how you saw players like Cade and Duran developing.
5: Yeah, that's the thing that I, I I probably mentioned all year long, that I think you'll see this, this year um, the development that we put, the time we put into development over the last two years with uh, with Cade, last year with Jalen Dern, with Killian Hayes, with Jaden Ivey, that last year wasn't about winning as much as it was about developing the team. We tried to win, but developing this team so this year they'd be ready to make that next step. So I'm really excited. I'm watching I'm watching every box score like I'm a parent way away from his children trying to figure out how it's going, going on because I haven't been able to watch uh, but a little bit of one game so far. And um, it's just good to see. I mean, um, we worked really hard. We had a great – I was director of development, but we had a great team with us, and then Coach uh, – just, just, just all the coaches, Coach Casey, and all the assistant coaches, we just bought into this development, and um, didn't see wins and losses last year. I really have great expectations for this year that we'll see significant progress.
1: I mentioned that they're still, I think, the youngest team in the NBA, and some outstanding talent. You know, we mentioned Ivy, and even Killian Hayes under Monty Williams, and I know I've been critical of him. Uh, but he's been consistent, doing what he needs to do. Scoring isn't put on his shoulders. Take me through some of the other younger names, uh, like Killian Hayes, and like yeah. Ivy, and what you saw off the court.
5: Well, some of the as, as you know today's age, where you're coming in at 19 years old, I think is probably the the mean age that most of them come in at. And they're, they're I mean, I can even remember our sophomores uh, and certainly freshmen that were 19, but that they were still sometimes weren't ready to be college players yet. Yet these guys are so are the same age and we're expecting them to know how to win in a forty minute game, 48 minute game. You expect them to know how to win when Chris Paul is the other opponent guard, you know, or you're going against LeBron. Guys with years of experience. So I as they worked on this thing, Killian is an elite passer. And it's really, uh, you know, the, I don't know. Uh, the summers are huge for the NBA players to get better. But Monty's playing him a lot, so it must, he must have made great progress because he certainly got great opportunity last year, too. Um, I probably watched Cade shoot 20,000 shots while he, was, while, while he was recuperating last year. And, you know, just to get the right uh, – while his, he was down with a leg surgery – um, he is, the only thing we could do sometimes is shoot from a chair. Then we got to stand and shoot. And then we got to shoot from all over the place and just watching his progression of what a worker, I'm just telling you what a worker. And then Jalen Duran, same thing. Jalen comes in, I guess 18 when he gets there 18. And it is amazing because he's got so much talent and watching our staff work with him. And um, that he's just beginning to know what he can do with certainly as a player. So, and then Jaden Ivy, I'm telling you what, I got there early to the gym every day. There was no way I got there before Jaden Ivy. Um, he he would get in early. He'd be with his, one of his workout coaches. Then we'd take over and direct it in a different way. And coach Casey would, but what the only thing he can ask for at that age, Bill is a w- workers and they're all workers That usually will breed success.
1: John Beeline is going to join us each and every Tuesday afternoon on the Huge Show Across Michigan, presented by our good friends at the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Coach uh, will also be featured on the Big Ten Network uh, this year. We'll get to the Big Ten. We'll talk a little bit about Michigan and Michigan State. But from your time with the Pistons, John, how far away are they? They're off to a 2-2 and start. Could be... 3-1, uh, and yep. one. had a back-to-back uh, loss last night, which happens a lot uh, in the NBA, but is it another year? Are they a playoff team this season? Is it two years down the road? What's your projection? It, it's hard for me to
5: predict that as well, because um, the, everybody is so young. I, I would just like to say, I think we're going to see significant improvement in the record. Whether that is good enough to get into the playoffs or not, I'm not sure, but uh, just look at looking at this start, knowing the experience uh, that we gained over the years. Now, one thing we did not gain great experience is, is winning tough games because um, we lost a lot of those tough games, close ones, too too many times that were close, and you don't want them to lose their confidence or learn about the little things that make a great difference in winning games. So, you know, it's... It's putting that puzzle together for Monty and his staff is really hard. But I think you'll see growth this year, next year, and then I guess it depends on the rest of the league whether they can make it the playoffs
1: or not. John Beeline each and every Tuesday on the HUGE show across Michigan, now through uh, the NBA Finals. And John will be featured uh, on the Big Ten Network. So what's your role going to be? And I assume that runs through uh, the Big Ten basketball season, maybe through uh, March Madness and the NCAA tournament. But how do you connect with the Big Ten network to put that beautiful face on TV?
3: <laughs>
5: well, as you know, once once I uh, sort of retired from coaching there, when I was coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, I ended up the following year doing the Big Ten network from my home. It was COVID. They set up a studio in my office and we, uh, I did a bunch of things, whether it was v lines, blueprints, or I actually did some play, uh, play, not play by play, but uh, commentary analysts for games. So this year we agreed I just do studio on Saturdays and Sundays. So I really like that. I'm looking forward to that, look watching games all day long, uh, analyzing what went on. Uh, I got so many, so many friends in, in coaching in that league. I mean, I think that. All year, everybody that we coached against, I really tried to forge great positive relationships with everyone. So, watching those coaches coach, new coaches that are there now, um, I think it's going to be exciting, big league, and get more exciting in years to come as well. But um, we, we do know that I'll always be rooting for Michigan and knowing that Michigan State's always going to be pretty good too.
1: And speaking of Michigan, Michigan State, let's end our first conversation. Uh, with Coach Beeline on the HUGE show each and every Tuesday, presented by the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, Juwan Howard had the hard medical procedure. They have Phil Martelli on staff, his experience at being a head coach. Uh, what were expectations even before uh, the surgical procedure for uh, Coach Howard, and what type of squad do they have this year in Ann Arbor? I, you know,
5: it, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's this gritty squad that we've had several years where no superstars, just a super, this is everybody's superstars in their role, just working at their role over and over again so we can get you know back to the tournament and we can get ourselves right again. The Injuries have hurt in the past, but um, I, I, I know with still coaching them right now, I know that Juwan's not... Recovering and saying, "Oh my God, the season's lost. I don't have anybody coaching them." Phil Martelli is one of the best. He's been a best friend for years, and I am certain that their practices and their attitude is just like it would be if Juwan was there, and uh, or at, in any big time program, Phil can coach with anybody. So I think this is these these weeks where Juwan is out. I don't think it's a negative uh, for. For the team, because Phil will pick up, and then when Juwan gets back, all uh, right, then we can even be better. So I, uh, I, I'm sure that Phil has got some challenges right now because he's got a bunch of new guys. And uh, but as I said, if everybody's ready to share the ball and do the right thing, and not not thinking about the future, just thinking about this team, Michigan is their destination. Um, who knows what can happen. Some of the times everybody expected our team to be at their worst, they end up really um, becoming really good because of that grittiness and togetherness.
1: John Beeline joining us on the HUGE show. He'll be here each and every Tuesday talking college and NBA uh, hoops. Tom Izzo, Michigan State. Uh, They are loaded. Uh, They have a potential national championship squad. Uh, Your thoughts on Izzo, what he's done with his yeah. program and the team he has this year.
5: I mean, it's just absolutely amazing that, that that since I've been there, they haven't missed the tournament. They haven't missed the tournament in 20 years, 30 years it might be. It's amazing because st- we still have Big Ten t- teams that, st- you know, our, the, I think Northwestern didn't even make the tournament until a few years ago for the first time. So, I mean, it is amazing the, the, where they, they've been able to sustain their excellence at Michigan state. Not every year, obviously is a final four, but he gets the best out of them every day, every time, you know, we had this great rivalry, but Tom and I are great friends. Cause I think cause a whole lot of respect. And this is the type of teams he's really at his best with, with again, they have, certainly have the guys who probably think they're superstars, but um, they're, they're, they're got their superstars. Like, as I said before, in a role, and he loves coaching those guys, and they're going to be tough to beat for anybody because they have that togetherness that I spoke about, that the, everything they learned from last year and everybody's back, um, it, there's, that's a good pick to have them so highly rated right now, although Tom would probably disagree. He wants, he wants to be rated well in March, not necessarily in November.
1: What would be a lesson you've learned uh, coaching at all levels uh, through the NBA and your last stop uh, as an advisor with the Pistons and helping with shooting in terms of building a culture, whether it's been one you've built your own or you've watched another coach build it, what's the most important thing at any level, high school, college, or pro, any sport to building a culture?
5: It's got to be intentional and it's got to be persistent. You just can't put a bunch of signs up and say, "All right, this is who we are." You know, it's got to be something that the coaches just don't. It's not flying by the seat of your pants. Um, there's moments that you'll have that are spontaneous, that are that are great <laughs> culture-building times, like when our plane crashed that time, and we had to go to <laughs> we had to go down and win the big the Big Ten tournament. That was a great culture-building time, but it's it's more what happens all year long, and I think it's more intention and more important now than ever, Bill. That you have to create a family within your team. You know, this culture's culture can be good or bad. So to create this positive culture, if you don't create it, you're going to have a culture and it's probably going to be bad. But have this family atmosphere in this team. I mean, don't just say it; it is so that a Young man who has other options, I'm going to go pro or I'm going to transfer, it's easy to leave a team. It's not easy to leave your family. And that's that's what I would emphasize so much right now is just that connecting your players with each other, with the staff, the staff connecting together, because that's what the great teams have. If you, I think back of our team in 18 that went to the Final Four, That we had a big-time coach come to a practice early, and say, I don't think you're gonna win a game all year. And then we're in the final four by the end of the year. I think we also went I think we might have went to North Carolina that year and got crushed earlier in the year. But it was one that was so connected that everybody played their role. And so but you have to sell that and you 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 sell it every day in different ways so that they understand we're gonna have a positive culture no matter what happens this season. We'll keep coming out. A great culture, I say this in my leadership talks, Bill, a great culture is like an immune system. A great immune system. You get sick a little bit, you have issues here or there, it will push through if you have a great immune system. But if you don't take care of that culture and really work at it, you won't have a great immune system. And when things go wrong, it will break down quickly.
1: Well, uh, you'll break it down, and it won't go wrong. uh, Now through... Uh, the NBA Finals in June, John Beeline every Tuesday on the HUGE show, presented by our friends from the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant. You'll also be able to see John on the Big Ten Network and his commentary on hoops uh, throughout the season, end of this year and into 2024. John, I look forward to our conversations each and every week.
5: Thanks very much, Bill. I, I look forward to it, too. It's gonna, I'm not going to funk retirement this time.
1: No, you won't I'm, flunk I'm, retirement. I'm <laughs> and, and I'm glad. I'm glad you put key letters in that word when you when you said it. Thank you, John. We love you, big man. We'll talk next week. All right. All right. Thanks, Bill. Bye. All right, John Beeline, former head basketball coach at Michigan, Piston senior advisor, now on the Big Ten Network, joining us each and every Tuesday, talking hoops on the Huge Show presented by the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan.
0: Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net.
2: Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com slash business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.
1: Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade, this special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the
0: Michigan Sports
1: Network. Final segment on this Tuesday broadcast. Thanks to our friends from Soren Eagle for sponsoring our new segment that we do every Tuesday, Conversations with Coach John Beeline. Every Tuesday exclusively here on The Huge Show. On tomorrow's broadcast, John Vanderwall, former Major Leaguer, will be in studio. We'll talk about the World Series with the Rangers and the D-backs. And Mike Knubel, the former wing, also in studio on the wing start and an update On their top farm affiliate, the Grand Rapids Griffins. All that starts tomorrow at 3. Here on the HUGE Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Big.
5: Bad. HUGE.